Are you ready? Dealing with unproductivity. We are using G, the, what Jesus said. Right. You know, yesterday when we were done with the session, the morning one, I felt like we can close the camp. I'm telling you. By the time we're done with understanding. Because that's the thing. And there's, there's, there's no one, no teacher like Jesus. Jesus knew what has plagued people in their relation with God. So, Matthew 13. Alright, so first thing you notice out of the parable of the sower is this. Is that, number one, the word of God works. The unproductivity is not from the message. It's not from the church. It's not from the sower. A sower went forth to sow. Jesus exonerated the word of God. Now, that's a very important stance because it reduces your questions. A lot of the time, people like to question everything by themselves. I always say this, it is easier to blame myself. Because if I blame someone, it will take a lot for me to change the person. If I blame myself, I just have to change me. And that's within my reach. But you know, it's cheaper to, to blame someone. It's cheaper to blame someone. And that's why people go for that option. So Jesus talked about productivity. And he says, a soul went forth to soul. What affected the results was the different situations in which these people were. So you go to verse 18. We started with verse 18. It says, Hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. We are dealing with unproductivity. Verse 19. When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not, that's what we, we took the whole understanding from, understandeth it not. Look at this. Then cometh the wicked one and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which received the seed by the wayside. We didn't mention this yesterday, but very important key is that the devil does not want to spoil your business. The devil does not want to take away your car. The devil does not want to scatter yourself. He wants to steal the word from your heart. The devil is not after your money. How much of it do you have? As compared to how he has access to the riches of the world. So, the money, you need to get this. I feel like pushing this, this thing into some people's mind. Like, get it once and for all. Spirits are not humans. Their considerations are different. 
If God, angels, demons ever appear here and there's anything in contention, you will be shocked. And you wonder why. Okay, okay, okay. Simple one. How is it that a fetish priest, I'll use that example again, is able to conjure money for people, yet he's not living in the city? Let me tell you why. There are some things you see, you will laugh at the people in the city. Those who have truly met God, they do not value material things. It's the same thing, same principle. Those who, are, those who have truly met God, when the first priest sees how vulnerable people are and how he can just turn their life and turn, when he sees how they are, he doesn't want to go into the city. He sees that that house they are having is nothing. When a man truly meets God, also on the, on, the, on the side of light, when a man truly meets God and meets Jesus, material things lose their power over the person. It's the same principle. So the consideration of spirits are different. It's, the devil is not coming for the car. The devil is not coming for your house. He's not coming for whatever you are having in your hand. He's coming for what the Bible said he's coming for. Then come at the wicked one and cut it away that which was sown in his heart. So the devil is coming for the word in your heart. From the moment the word came, that was the consideration. When you go, when you read further, you, you realize that the sower he talked about there was the son of man. So I told some people one time, I said, listen, get it here, get it now. It will save you in your walk with God. God wants to give you his word, not anything. Remember, pastor, what God wants to give you in your life is not a it's not money. What God wants to give you is not. What God wants to give you is not what. What God wants to give you is the word of God in your spirit. The sower, God doesn't have anything for you. What He has for you is His word. What God has for you is His word. What the devil wants to take is the word. Get it. It seals a lot of things. See, eh? when you see maybe somebody gets some money, gets a car, so God has blessed me. I told you from yesterday, I told you from yesterday, those things don't mean anything. In the realm of the spirit, they don't mean anything. When the children of Israel entered the promised land, manna ceased. Why did it cease? God is telling you, that's not my plan. Acts 13. I shared this in the teens cap. When my one minute is up, let me. 
Or is it already up? One minute in the sight of God. I'm using different exchange rates. One time I was thinking, ah, God or Jesus gives Peter the catch of his life. He, he still made him leave it there. Oh, no, 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 no. Jesus is not serious. of his life, no, I have an idea for Jesus. Of course, a very foolish idea, but I have an idea for Jesus. Jesus, please, let Peter sell the fish. He'll make some money. Then he'll come and follow you. Then you guys will have some money, right? I think I have a nice idea. Very foolish idea. No, Jesus, I have an idea. Okay, okay, okay. Let Peter do the business a bit. Alright? Yes, he, he has the catch of his life. Why is he going to leave it for the other fishermen? Don't you like my idea, Papaya? Like my idea. We have very foolish ideas. Jesus gives the man a cash of his life. He says, you know what? Drop everything. Come and follow me. What's Jesus looking for? Acts of the 13. Let's start from let's start from verse 18. And about the time of 40 years suffered he the Amanus in the wilderness. Verse 19. And when he had destroyed seven nations in the land of Canaan, he divided their land to them by lot. Now, over here, you see the whole story of the plan of God, and you see the whole story through the, the ages. I mean, Paul is just doing an exegesis. He's doing an exegesis. That reminds me, I'll just give you this little um, help when you are studying the Bible, alright? To help you to know how to interpret scripture properly. I'll just help you with this. There are two ways of interpreting it. It's either by an exegesis or an exegesis. Exegesis is wrong. Exegesis is correct. I'll tell you how to do it. An exegesis is you want to say something. 
So you are forcing the scripture to say it. One time I was, I was explaining that to some of the group leaders who, um, whom I made do the book of Acts expose. All right. I corrected the person, so I'm not trying to say anything that I've not said already. Now, the person was doing the expose, and the person said, you know, the, the scripture said, I think it was actually the same Acts 13 from verse 1. Look at it. I'll, I'll show you what an ECGS is from verse 1. Acts 13 from verse 1. Now, there were in the church that was at Antioch, certain prophets and teachers as Barnabas and Simon that was called Nigger, and Sinulus of Cyrene, Manan, which had been brought up with Herod, the Tetrarch, and Saul. All right? Now, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the world too I have called them. All right? So now, the person was explaining, you know, because they were doing that expose in church. So this person said, So go to verse 1. Now there were in the church that was at Antioch, certain prophets and teachers as Barnabas and Simeon that was called Nigar, and Lucius of Cyrene and Manain, which had been brought up with, the, with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. The person says, right, so the prophets and the teachers were burdened, you know, to win, win souls. So verse 2, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, there's no burden there. All right. You don't read your thoughts into the scripture. Allow the scripture to interpret itself. You see, and you can be listening and say, mm, mm, ah, they were burning the prophets. The Bible didn't say so. If that information was necessary, we'll have it. So the, the prophets and the teachers wanted to, you know, win souls. Win souls. Therefore, you know, we must all take so many serious. That's what the Bible is saying. In fact, between that verse 1 and verse 2, the highlight is they ministered to the Lord and fasted. That's the highlight. There's nothing like they wanted to win souls. There's nothing like that. If they wanted to win souls, they will tell us. So, you can let the scripture say something that is not saying. You are assuming for them that they wanted to win souls. What if they were drinking? You see, since we don't know what was happening, what led to that, there were prophets and teachers in Antioch. So, a correct biblical exegesis is, it's as simple as that from verse 1. It's as simple as this. There were, in the church that was Antioch, certain prophets and teachers. Any key thing to learn over there? Oh, that means there were prophets and teachers in the church. What's there to learn there? There were prophets and teachers in the church. That's all there is to learn. As Barnabas and Simeon, that was called Nigar, and Lucius of Cyrene, and Manain, which had been brought up by Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. Verse 2. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said. So the key there is to talk about how they ministered to the Lord and fasted. There's no burden of winning souls over there. So this is the key. So every time we have praise services, we minister to the Lord. And the Holy Ghost said. So what's there to learn? When you minister to the Lord, the Holy Ghost says something. Exegesis. Don't do any exegesis. When you take the Bible, allow the Bible to interpret itself. Because something, sometimes you can know something. And you, know, you use what you know. You are forcing the scripture to say it. People who usually do exegesis are manipulative. 
They want to manipulate you. They bring out a scripture to say what they want to see. That's propaganda. The Bible interprets itself. And if this scripture is not enough to interpret itself, there is a scripture to help interpret it. So scripture interprets scripture. When you are interpreting scripture, scripture must interpret scripture. It's like the gap theory. Where the prophets left gaps, other prophets filled in those gaps. Got it? Alright, so Acts chapter 13 again, verse 19. And when he had destroyed seven nations in the land of Canaan, he divided their land to them by Lord. Verse 20. And after that, Look at this. After that, he gave. Say he gave. Alright? Are you here? After that, he gave. Say he gave. He gave unto them judges about the space of 450 years until some of the prophets. Every time you see that until, it means what he gave was not his plan. But then he had to do it in the interim until his plan showed up. Now, how do you know that which is his plan? That which is his plan will be eternal. If you can convince me that you are listening and understanding, we can go a little further. Do you want to see something? Right? You're listening. Psalm 12, I want to show you how to know something that is in the plan of God. Psalm 12. Verse 6. Quick one. The words of the Lord are pure words. A silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. Alright? He says, the words of the Lord are pure words. A silver tried in a furnace of earth, Purified seven times. Okay. Yesterday I was talking about doctrine and um, um, uh, encounter or experience. All right. I was talking about that and I said something. I said that not everything God has said is scripture. The, the one he wants us to bank our faith on becomes scripture. And he, he now shows us what this scripture is. Because yesterday, God probably told you, or maybe five days ago, God probably told you, eat beans. That's not scripture. But he said it. Are you seeing? Even though God said it, or oh, wear blue shirts, God said it, but it's not scripture. So that which is scripture is the one that he has put together and say, now this is scripture. Now he says, the words of the law are pure words. Not everything even said in the Bible passes to be the pure words. How do you know? He said, in the mouth of two or three witnesses is a word established. So it cannot, be, it cannot be held in isolation. So he said, the words of the Lord are pure words, are silver tried in the furnace of earth. He said, purified seven times. The word of the Lord passes through seven litmus tests. I hope I've not, I've not vanished. You'll get it. When I land, you'll get it. It passes through seven litmus tests to be in the eternal plan of God. 
So you see that this one is of God. This one was not something in the interim. Because sometimes God does some things in the interim. How do you know? Now, why is this? How is this seven times? Well, I preached, I, I shared this some years ago. Some of you were there. I don't know if you were there some years ago. Now, how does it, where, where are the seven times? For it to be a pure word from God, that is in the eternal plan of God, it has to have its beginning in Genesis. It has to be a beginning in Genesis. It has to begin in Genesis. It has to be a law in the law. It has to be a prophecy in the prophets. It has to be a song in the Psalms. It has to be a testimony in the gospel. It has to be a doctrine in the epistle. And it has to be a finality in the revelation. Seven times. So, marriage is in the eternal plan of God. Not the, not the one you are thinking. Marriage. You can see that this is a God concept. Because it began in Genesis. It was a law in the law. It was a song, Songs of Solomon. It was, Jesus talked about marriage in the gospel. Paul addressed marriage in Ephesians, in the epistles, in the, in the, in the book of Revelation, the marriage supper of the Lamb. So you see that this runs through the eternal plan of God. Not everything runs through the eternal plan of God. So there are some things... Let me not go too far in this. Let's come back. Acts of the 13, verse 20. Until some of the prophets. And after that, he gave unto them judges about the space of... Now, so when you look at judges, judges were not in Genesis. So it is not in the eternal plan of God. Now, there's no ministry called judges. But they are prophets. Abraham was a prophet in Genesis. By revelation, they are the two prophets. So, God's plan was the prophet. But because he had not yet raised a prophet, he had to, in, in the interim, raise judges. So, the judges were not the main thing it was the prophets that were the main thing. Alright, continue. Verse 21. And afterward, they desired a king. I like the Bible. Everything is there. Spot on. He didn't say he gave them a king. They desired a king. God is trying to tell you Saul was not his plan. Hey. They desired a king. God said they desired a king. And God gave. Unto them Saul, a son of Kish, a man of trial Benjamin, by the space of 40 years. Next verse. And when he had removed him, he raised up. They desired a king. He gave. Just like he gave judges. So there are things God gives, there are things God raises. You know, sometimes a place might require a pastor. 
give you an example. May require a pastor. The person God is raising is not ready. God gives him somebody. The person misbehaves. He doesn't know that God is raising somebody. So the person, because the person is still on the this one, he thinks that it's, it's about him. Raised. So there are things that are in the eternal plan. You need to check, check, for example, when about the king, someone asked me a question. Okay, if God didn't want to give them, why did he still give them a king? And I said, it was in the plan of God to have a king. They only ask ahead of time. Because Jesus is the king of kings. So kingship was in it, in the eternal plan of God. They only asked ahead of time. And they wanted to be like the heathen. God gave them somebody. That king was definitely going to fail because God didn't raise him up. Let's come back to what is spiritual. The word! That's what God wants to give you. He doesn't want to give you money. Also put the word in your spirit. The devil too, very smart. So a lot of the time when he's t- he, when he's scattering things around you, it's not the things he wants to scatter. <laughs> when he's scattering things around you, he's like, look at oh, you just lost your car, you just lost this, this happened. Is that what he's looking for? What he's causing is so that you will now delete the word. Ah, this thing does not work. It was not the curse he was looking for. The word in your heart. As long as you, you keep that word in your heart, you'll be very uneasy. So let's go back to Matthew chapter 13. So now we are going to point two. Jesus diagnosis. This is not my diagnosis. Jesus said the first one, he said, the one who did not understand, he said immediately the, the wicked one comes, takes the word from his heart. What do you see? He said, this is one who received the, way, the, the, the seed by the wayside. Next verse, verse 20. But he that received the seed into stony places, the same is he that heareth the word, and unknown with joy receive it. Many are in this place. They receive the word with joy. Unknown with joy. Yeah! Unknown with joy. Yeah! Oh, you are rich. Yes! You are prosperous. Yeah! Your faith is working. Woo! God will make you great. Yes! The money is coming. Yes! <laughs> One time someone sent me a message. Well, I posted the prophecy from Thanksgiving. You will see something. Somebody said, Last year, say last year, that's what he told us. No, I understand him. He's in this one. He's in this category. I understand him. Say last year, that's what he told us. Say, will it really happen this year? Yeah, I understand him. I understand him. Jesus has diagnosis issue already. It's not me. Jesus has diagnosis issue. Unknown with joy received it. Bishop. What's going on here? 
Verse 21. Yet had he not root in himself, but dureth for a while, the person keeps coming to church for four months. Dureth for a while. It's not like he just came and left. Though. The one who did not understand him, he came and said, Hey, what are they saying there? Hey. That I should not be sick. Hey. <laughs> he doesn't come again. You understand? He is only different. He comes to hey, that church. The kind of makeup they do. But he asked for that person doesn't understand anything at all. When he, the person came, the person was not listening. No. The person was looking at people's makeup. Say, hey, this church. Hey, only rich people. Hey. I mean, this is not a place for me. I don't have dress to come to your church. Oh. Uh, you've heard it before. Yes. Hey, your church. Hey. Hey. One time I saw somebody wearing anklets. Oh, me, I don't have a... Hey. The other person does not understand anything. He didn't, the person didn't come to hear anything. That one, the devil has taken away. As the person stepped step out like this, the devil has taken away. But this second person, the diagnosis, Jesus' diagnosis is that this one, he actually liked it. He liked the word. Oh, wow. Wow. God, God will do something with my life. Oh, yes. Wow. Oh, God, li- God likes me. Oh God, oh wow, endure it for a while. Four months, he's coming to church, singing, singing on in the Then probably watch praise night, Pastor Chris said, if you praise God, there will be no lack in your life. Wow, is that so? Okay. The person that night will praise God freely. Freely. One month, two months, three months. By the third month, there was a convention a conference about faith. Faith always works. Hey, wow. Wow, I'm going to act my faith because the pastor said faith always works. So direct for a while, the guy here has been coming. He has been coming. He likes the word. He likes the revelations. He likes the pastors. So, ah, Pastor Enoch, when he preaches. Ah, Pastor Sylvester, when he preaches, you can see that he knows the Bible. See, this is my church. I'm not going anywhere. Direct for a while. He believes for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises. Because of the word. Bishop, I think you, you, should, you should take off from here. Because if you leave me like this, it's by 7 p.m. that it will take me away from here. Hallelujah. Wow. Let's put this together for Pastor Enoch. Thank you so much once again, Pastor. You know, I, I just love listening to you and the depth of your understanding is something else. Something else. Okay, so let's continue from the verse 21. Okay, he said, go to verse nine, 19. Verse 20. Okay, but he that received the seed into stony place. This is the second one, Amen. So any places, the same is he that heareth the word and anon with joy received it. But Pastor Enoch explained. They hear the word and hey, hey, hey. Next. Yet had he not root in himself, but dureth for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, by and by he's offended. Praise God. So with this person, his problem is offense. And it happens as a result of the two things mentioned there, tribulation and persecution. Praise God. 
this is key. This is key. You know, we've seen this over and over and over. And this very one, I want to stress something here because it is what has even led many people to, in quotes, distraction. Praise God. I, I was checking there. The, the, I was making a case study on this, all right? And I saw that the word offended there is from the Greek. Let me just give it to you. Scandalizo, all right? From where we get the English word, scandalize. And it means to cause to fall away. So the offense here is that a person has entered a realm where he has fallen away. Surprisingly, it also means disgrace. So these are the people that, even though they are hearing God's word, there is no working of the word. There is no grace. I told you grace means what? The influence of God, divinity in your spirit. So they keep coming to church. They hear the word all right, but something is blocking it. Something is causing a disgrace in their life. And if they don't take care, they are even falling away from grace. Praise God. So let's look at the two things quickly. Tribulation. The Bible says what? They, let me take it again. Yet had not root in himself, but dured for a while. For when tribulation and persecution arise because of the word. Please mark this one. Whenever you hear God's word, these two things will arise. <laughs> tribulation and persecution will arise. So it is something you should, you should expect. Jesus Christ said, if they have persecuted me. One minute. Let me just say something. Write it down. Don't forget it. Don't forget it. You hear the word, challenge is coming. Just write it down. If, or if you don't want to hear what I'm saying now, run now, leave to the room. Because you are hearing this one, each challenge will come. What I'm sharing now, it, there's a challenge that follows what I'm saying now. But if you don't like it, run, say, God, I don't want to hear, because as you are hearing, Bishop, please, you can continue. Thank you so much, Pastor. Praise God. It, it will come. You can't prevent it. Jesus Christ has already said it. And I said, he said, if they have persecuted me, the master, they will persecute you also. All right? So, your challenge is not the tribulation. What does tribulation mean? It means oppressing. Please write it down. It means pressure. You know, some people, you hear some people say, ask for me, I don't like pressure. Hey, start liking it too. Because pressure actually brings progress. Praise God. It also means affliction. It means distress. It also means oppression. And can you give me um, John chapter 16, verse 33? Jesus Christ made a statement. John 16, verse 33. Jesus Christ said, These things I have spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation. The same word he used in Matthew 13. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. So even though there will be tribulation, there will be persecution, it is not your issue. Don't focus on it. The pressure will come. Challenges will arise because of the word. But Jesus Christ said, cheer up, I have overcome the world. Say it to me, say cheer up. I have overcome the world. Many people think when they go through trials, challenges, you know, they've done something wrong. They, their mind goes to, ah, why God, what have I done? I've been serving you, I've been hearing God, so I've been going to church. What, what is my issue? The fact that you go through challenges doesn't mean something is wrong with you. Praise God. We, we, are, we are going somewhere. Amen. Luke chapter 8. Let me just quickly. From verse 22, let's see something that happened. You know, at, at this moment, Jesus Christ was, they, they, were, they were taking, you know, they were, they were moving to another dimension, another territory, all right? Okay. 
Praise God. Okay, so, you know, he had told them, let us go over to the other side, all right? And this is one thing that happens. Anytime you want to make a change, for example, we've, we've, we came for this camp, all right, with expectations, with, you know, goals. Anytime you want to make another level in your life, opposition will come. More times it is from the devil, more times it's from the world, all right? Now, okay, let's go and we'll see something. From verse 22, Luke chapter 8. He said, And it came to pass on a certain day that he went into a ship with his disciples. And he said unto them, Let us go over to the other side. Let us go over to the other side. For some of you, you want to go over to the next level of your business. For some of you, let us go to the other side of your cell. Praise God. And they land for. Next verse. But as they sailed, he fell asleep. You know, Jesus Christ was at peace. And they came down a storm of wind on the lake, and they were filled with water and were in jeopardy. Challenge. Hello. He had given the word, let us go over to the other side. But as they took the step, challenges came. But Jesus Christ was sleeping. That means it is not the challenge, it is not the issue, it is not the problem, it is not the pressure. Praise God. Now, the Bible says there came a storm of wind on the lake. What is storm? Storm is made of two things. Please write it down. Storm is made of wind and water. All right? Water is visible. As I know, spoke of invisible and visible things. Water is visible. Wind is not visible. Hey. And more times we focus on the visible part, you know, the, the visible part of the challenge. But when a challenge arises, when tribulation arises, there's something causing it. We are going somewhere. Let's finish. Next verse. And they came to him and awoke him saying, Master, Master, we perish. You know, they were troubled. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and the region of the water and they ceased and there was a calm. What did Jesus do? He rebuked the wind. When you see challenges, all right, don't, I said, don't let your mind go to what have I done wrong? It is something causing it. But I not just said something that what devil, the devil wants to do is to what? Get the word out of you. It is so true. Whenever you are making a step to the next level, Satan will react. He won't sit down for you to say, ah, I'm packing the stadium and be, and be clapping for you. It doesn't happen that way. He won't sit down for you to pack, you know, as a cell, as a fellowship. Pack people in, get people born again and saved and will be watching you. So what did Jesus do? He rebuked the wind. I said, storm is made of phys a physical water and wind. The wind here is talking about a spiritual thing. Praise God. What happened was, will let us know what, you know, was causing this storm. But when I was young, when I read this scripture, I thought, oh, it was just a normal, you know, storm. But it, there was something that caused this thing. Give us the next verse. And he said unto them, where is your faith? So you see, by virtue of the words he had given, he was expecting that their faith would be prevailing. And they being afraid, the Bible says, wondered, saying one to another, what manner of man is this? For he commanded even the winds and water. Did you see that? And they obey him. Next verse. And they arrive. Now imagine you are arriving in a country and the people coming to meet you at the airport. <laughs> See what happened. And they arrive at the country of the Gadarians, which is over against Galilee. Next. And when he went forth to the land, they met him out. See the first person that met Jesus Christ. They met him out of the city, a certain man which had devils long time and wore no clothes, neither abode in any house, but in tombs. So this tells us something that when Jesus Christ said, let us go over to the other side, all right, let us take this new territory, the demons there were reacting. And that was a cause for the storm. 
So it was because Jesus was going to cast out, was going to deliver that man. So the demons, knowing that he's going to get there, went to cause a storm while he was going there. Yeah. <laughs> Praise God. When you see yourself facing challenges, when you see certain pressures, you know, this is the cause. The demons know that when you take over that industry, when you take over that business, they are tormented. So they will start by reacting first. So what do you do? You rebuke the wind. You rebuke that invisible thing causing the challenges. Don't be there and be saying, what is wrong with me? What is, no, there's nothing wrong with you. It is a devil causing it. One time it happened in my church. I realized that some members were misbehaving. You know, I had done everything. I had rebuked, I had laid hands, I had laid legs. <laughs> I wasn't seeing the changes I wanted. Then the Holy Ghost showed me the scripture that deal with devils. We beat the wind causing this. So I called for an all night. We scattered prayers. We did everything. You know, we, we released words. The next Sunday, in fact, the, the Holy Ghost gave us prophecies in that all night that prominent people were coming to church and stuff. This all night was on Friday. Sunday, people started coming back. I, I saw exactly what God said to us. Praise God. So this is how to deal with tribulation. All right? When things are not going well. Now the next one is persecution. Persecution. Matthew chapter 5. From verse 10. Persecution. Tribulation more times comes from the devil, but persecution can come from the devil. In fact, all are from the devil, but sometimes men can also cause these things. When they see you are going, doing well, when they see you are moving to the next level, men will bring persecution. The Bible says from verse 10, Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness sake. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Wave your hands to the Holy Ghost. See, I'm blessed. If I see persecutions. So the fact that you are persecuted in life doesn't mean that something is wrong with you. It means that, in fact, God is approving. It means that you are, you are doing well. I, I like what our esteemed regional director told us. He said, trees with the most fruits, all right, are the trees that receive the most stones. So when you see persecution, you know, so many young Christians have not seen persecution. Today I was meditating on Pastor Enoch and I said, there's, there's no youth church pastor amongst us who has seen persecution like Pastor Enoch. And yet this drives your roots deeper in God. Give us an verse. He said, blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. This one character of, you know, persecution. People will say all manner of evil things against you. That pastor is this. this that pastor is that. But of course, don't react. Hey. Matthew chapter 5. When you see persecution, what do you do? I remember mine started when I was in SHS. This was a college school. And of course, by the time I was going to SHS, I was already on fire for God. So I had, I had my plans that I was going to shake my school. I got there and the Catholic priest was giving, you know, different... In fact, there was a time he was giving laws every day. Don't do this, don't do that. Don't. I, I started by winning souls. Started myself from, right from SHS 1. Then when he saw things were happening, in fact, what, what brought the persecution... What started the persecution was, I got one guy born again. He was a Catholic. And he spoke in tongues, even got healed. When he got home... He told his parents that I don't want to be a Catholic again. I want to join Christ Embassy. That's how the parents came to the school, came to meet the school chaplain, and they called us to DC. 
So when we got there, they warned us from today, you can't preach in this school again. And I told myself, no. I said, I'd rather obey God than men. I was, of course, I was using wisdom. I was preaching underground, you know. Then, I was holding my cell meeting, all right. This time I was in, I think, SHS 2. One Saturday. Funny enough, the, the school chaplain, the, the father, had traveled. So I thought, okay, I can hold my cell meeting and just finish. Not knowing he was back and some students had gone to report. So the funny thing was that day I was preaching faith. I was, you know, staring their feet. I had over 40 members, staring their feet, talking to them. As I was preaching, I saw the father enter the chapel. That's how the faith message entered my, <laughs> entered my story. He came to close the meeting in anger. Get out. Then he, he spotted me. He said, come here. So we got to, you know, he told us to come to his residence. We got there. He lambasted us. He, you know, just spoke to us anyhow. He said, we'll see who is who, is who in this school. By Monday, he gave us suspension. We came home, myself and two of my leaders, we came home for preaching the gospel. I didn't do anything wrong. Of course, funny enough, in school, I never broke bounds. I didn't do anything wrong. See, persecution. Persecution. I remember Bishop Felix the same. Bishop Felix. <laughs> if you don't know, that's his junior brother. So stand up, join him, and you need to say your own. <laughs> thank you, sir. <laughs> okay, so um, thank you so much, sir. So, um, the same thing also happened. Just that mine was um, indefinite suspension. His was two-week suspension. So um, this was just before um, we were going to write our wasi. They were they had form three badge and then form four, form four badge. So it was just, we had, prior to that time, Pastor, we had gone to Nkwasko, we had gone to, we had gone to many schools, so we were not caught, we were never caught, we were preaching the gospel. So this particular faithful time, we had taken Rhapsody to Empress Nyai, and that time we took it, it was over, we were just about writing Wasi, when we write our mock, just the next month, Wasi time, so we just knew that, oh, we're, we're done with the school, we had preached the gospel, and that was all, only for, just before the days of the mock, some few days, they had called for DC, I said, ah, which, what is this DC for, then just before then, verdict came, indefinite suspension, the impasse headmaster was there in the DC room, to confirm that we had brought Rhapsody to the school to come and preach there. And he said he doesn't like Rhapsody. Said, yeah, so. So, so, so say, when he said um, I should go home, I was on indefinite suspension, I thought it was a joke because I uh, from come to write. In fact, we were even in our mock season. So I remember I called for the semester and I told him that he should pretend like my father come. <laughs> come to the school and make sure that everything is <laughs> under control. No knowing God had a plan. God had a plan. So say, I prayed all the prayer I know how to pray. Prevailing prayer, faith prayer, declaration, confessed. And just on the day of Wasi, English orals. I was waiting in the queue to go and write my English orals. Then I heard um, I'm being called. I went and I saw the headmaster, assistant, everybody, and my dad. 
now original dad. <laughs> so, and they had been able to convince him that I cannot write because I'm on indefinite suspension. Meanwhile, I've registered for WASI. Everything, my index number, everything was intact. Form three. And so that's how I was bundled out of the school on indefinite <laughs> suspension. But not to cut you, you know, that very day, I was home, he was in school with my daddy. Imagine, you're, you're about to write your final exam. This is WASI. WASI is the final exams after SHS. Then, first paper, you get there and they say, you can't write it. Why? We are giving you suspension. That day, tears came out of my eye. The wickedness that was in this, it was, it was something else. I remember later, later in the day, on radio, they were, they were mentioning, you know, today the WASI students started what, 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 and they mentioned the figure. They said 270, some thousand wrote the WASI. In my head, I said, excluding Bishop Felix. <laughs> it's so pain me. Okay, so so that day, Pastor, I think um, um, I had told Pastor Claude, we're prospered, and we called you, and you said, it's not a problem, I should just come home. So we just came home, and said that day, oh. as I left to the house, immediately I got home, my mom said that night, I'm not sleeping in the house, I should move out. I thought it was also a joke. <laughs> So that day I moved out to that parking by things mm. to go and stay with my senior most brother. I didn't stay in the house that night. Said, so, can I take you to school? Spend all the money <laughs> and you are you have been given indefinite suspension in the name of preaching the gospel. I don't know who can preach. I don't I don't only Christian. I don't only Christian. So that day I didn't sleep in the house. I, I she sacked me and <laughs> I so left. you spent one extra year in school? Yes, so um, fast forward after the WASI and all, I, I had to even apply for another school. I said, I'm not going back again. I'd made up my mind I'm not going back to the school again. Until one fateful day, the headmaster now called my dad to say that ah, what actually happened to me was not really anything. They should speak to me so that I'll come back again. <laughs> so now Form 3, Form 4 badge had left, and I had to go and join Form 2s in the school. So that's how I had to go and spend another year in school just to write the wasi. And say, it was so beautiful. That year, you won the whole school. Yes, sir. Yeah. Let me tell you something. Hey! <laughs> Let me tell you something. We are Christians. Oh. There are some things that characterize Christianity. Soft things, forget it. There are some things that characterize Christianity. You see what you just heard? Bible standard approved Christianity. Bishop, thank you for what you shared. Acts 14. We still, we still continue. I mean, this is how we are doing the sessions. Verse 22. I said it's Bible study approved Christianity. Look at it. And it should not scare you. Well, I'm just telling the truth anyway. You see, when you don't expect something, it happens. That's when you'll be asking why, why, why. I'm telling you, expect it at different phases and levels of your life. 
And like he said, that's not the problem. Victory is yours. But if you don't expect it, that's when it, it comes and you're wondering, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? You've prayed. He prayed. He fasted. He called me. When he called me, he thought I would say, in the name of Jesus. <laughs> School, receiving back. When he called me, I said, fellas, come on. That's why Jesus said, by and by, they are offended. Why? Because when he called, when I said, Fellas, come on, I thought you were a man of God. <laughs> mm. I told you a man of God. That's where the offense comes from. Look at this. Confirming the souls of disciples and exhorting them to continue in the faith. And that we must, through tribulation, enter into the kingdom of God. See, you were a Christian. Where are your scars? Where are your scars? He was telling you, there's no you church pastor who has been persecuted. One I, you, 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 don't, you don't want to know. You don't want to know. You don't want to hear stories. Bishop, in persecution, there is internal persecution and external persecution. You must prepare for both. Internal persecution, Matthew 10, 35. For I am come to set a man at variance against his father and daughter against her mother, the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. Verse 36. And a man's foe shall be day of his own household. I will explain this. Internal persecution, first of all, will tell you that your first persecution is going to come from within, either from family or from church. If you are expecting church that nobody does anything wrong to you, maybe let's go to heaven first. It's not here. Oh, I love the church. Oh, I love the church. You are serving the Lord wholeheartedly. Then someone does something internally. Expect it. Lower your expectation of men. So that you are not disappointed. With no expectation. Somebody offends you in church, you say they are growing. Mm. You see, you will say they are growing. They are, you will say they are growing. I never expected a church to do that. I never expected a church people are the most wicked people in the world. Wicked people, church people, church people, church boys. Don't go there, church boys. <laughs> church boys, they are more wicked than the boys in the world. Anytime you hear things like, we don't know what's wrong with the church today. The church today is, is the devil talking. The church today is not. The church today is not. Are you telling me that the Holy Ghost is failing? The Holy Ghost, the Bible says, is the overseer of the church of God. You say he's failing. There's nothing like that. It's not true. The church has seen some of its greatest harvest now than ever before. The people you say are wicked in church, eh? Are wicked in church. Did, did, did we go and bring them out of the sea? They are from your neighborhood. 
when they came to church, did we put padlock on church to check who is wicked and who is not wicked? Everybody walked in. So it's like a hospital. All patients, some are responding, some are slowly responding, some are yet to respond. <laughs> so when you're in church, your first relationship is with your pastor. That's the most important relationship in the church, you and your pastor. Because if there was nobody in the area and you were the only member, you are still a church. Then you have to relate with people. The Bible says Jesus knew all men. He knew all men and he did not commit himself to men. You know what the expectation? The fact that you saw the person pray, because I was quite shocked when I went to church. I talk about internal persecution. It can happen in church. I'm just telling you. Expect it. Somebody in church went to say something about you. Church people are... <laughs> the church people have said they are the same people who are from the neighborhood. <laughs> the word of God is still working on them. For the external persecution... I'm sure I'll leave it for Bishop to explain. External persecution is they are not from within. They are, they are people who don't know you. Jesus Christ said they will say things falsely about you. And let me tell you something about persecution. When I'm just saying this, I leave it. You know, was persecution. Even though it's by men, it is fostered by devils. So, have you ever seen people like lash out on a person before? You've seen it before. All right. It is not the same with the persecution. Persecution comes with a certain demonic energy. Uh, uh. Sometimes they can, you know, go and throw somebody. It's not the same as persecution. With persecution, it comes with a certain demonic energy because it's like um, the demons expressing their anger and rage through their host. So people are typing things and saying false things, and it comes with a certain energy. Three ways you deal with it. I can tell you because I passed through it. Three ways you deal with it. Number one, prayer. When they start, don't keep quiet. You also enter somewhere and start speaking in tongues. Mm. Because you need to neutralize it. <laughs> Number one, prayer. Number two, love. Mm. <laughs> don't curse them. Jesus Christ said it. He said, pray for them who persecute you. Love. Sometimes I pray. I say, Lord, they will be my ushers. They will be in the choir. They will come to church. They will repent. I don't want them to go to hell. What they do is painful. That's what makes Jesus a master. Is if he says that, pray for them who persecute you. No, you want to kill them. Oh, we know him. We know him. We know him. Oh, I know somebody who knows him. The person said that, oh, he's like this. Oh, I know. Oh, believe him. Oh, we know. Oh, see, he sent. Uh, somebody say, oh, oh, he, uh, we have his screenshot. Bring it. Oh, we have this, we have this. Oh, we have a picture, we have a this, we have this. All sorts of things. You see, the Bible says that who are down to judge another man's servant? To his master, he standeth or falleth. He said, yeah, God is able to make him stand. God does not, if, even if it were true, God does not throw away his, 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 his servants. You know the investment. Where will we, where will we go and share this? Where, uh, get these stories from? The stories we're sharing with you. It takes years of God's training. So God is able to make him stand. 
didn't call him. Leave him alone. I said, number two is love. You love them unconditionally. They say things falsely against you. They did say it against Jesus. They did. And Jesus Christ gave us the thing. He told us that we should be expected. He said that if they persecuted me, they will persecute you. Get ready. In John 15, he said it. He said, if you have persecuted me, he said, they will persecute you. Get ready. That's it. Ah, the way I didn't like, the way I didn't like, uh, like people, I don't know, there's a name they call it on, on Twitter. Dragging, that's the word. That's the, the way I didn't like those things. And when they are dragging pastors, I'm saying, oh, sorry for those pastors. Oh. So I like to be in my corner. The first day they did it to me. I was like, what have I done? When I asked that question, what have I done? The Holy Spirit replied to me. He said, for you to say, I'm telling you what the Holy Spirit told me, for you to think that you have done something wrong for this to happen, means you think all those pastors that were dragging before did something. Uh. Hmm, I said, Holy Spirit, you must be nice. <laughs> From that day, that thing lost its power over me. Because before I was staying away from it, it lost power over me. Now, say what you like. Persecution is one of our blessings. How do I know? It's a blessed, blessed. When you hear blessed, it's, blessed, it's a blessing. Whether internally or externally. Mm. Internally, sometimes family. They hear you praying. Cut up. Say, what's wrong with our child? We took you to school to be a pilot. <laughs> we took you to be a pilot. See what uh, you you if you wanted to be a pastor, we would have taken you to seminary. I'm sure most of you have heard it before. So what? A pilot cannot be a pastor. God doesn't like nice things. I've had my fair share of internal persecution. He has had. He has had. He has had. Would you like to share something? Bishop, internal persecution. Thank you so much. Praise God. I think you continue from here. Okay. Um, let's look at Matthew 24. You know, Pastor has actually said most of the things. And actually, Jesus Christ said this prophetically, all right? Give us from verse 9. From verse 9. He said, then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you and you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. Next. And then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. So, you know, it has been prophesied. Like Pastor Enoch said, you can't escape it. And I remember when I joined church, I was listening to Pastor one time and Pastor made a statement. He said, there's a realm in the spirit that when you get to, the only thing God will feed you with is persecution. He said, if you don't go through it, you can never get to the next level. I imagine, imagine when they were persecuting you and you said, oh God, I, I want to give up. Imagine Bishop Felix, what, what happened to you? And you give up. Praise God. So it is a blessing, like Pastor Enoch said. I, 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 I want to share this story. There was a time you were going to have a program, internal persecution. In church, you had paid for the venue. I think it was National Theater. You had paid for the venue. 
he had paid for the venue. Confirmed over 2,000 plus people coming. And that time I was doing my national service. I was at office when I had paid for the venue. I have confirmed over 2,000 people coming. Continue. I was in the office when I had a call from someone in the church office. Pastor wants to have a meeting with you by four. I'm, I'm closing at five, so I had to ask permission and rush. You know, when you hear pastor, you rush to church, thinking, you know, some grace has pie. I got to church, and the way they said it, we were thinking it was all the youth church, but then um, youth leaders. I only met Pastor Enoch and Pastor Evans. Ah. I said, the meeting, why? Others not coming. They said, oh, we are the only ones they called. I said, okay. We got to pastor's office. Charlie. That was my first time seeing pastor with straight face. Pastor was on his seat. We did, he didn't give us a seat. We were standing. <laughs> Funny enough, that time I was going to have a program. Pastor Evans was going to have a program. <laughs> pastor said, I heard you guys are having a program. And you are, you are, you can ask permission and you are, you are selling tickets and what, what, what. Then I didn't know how to start. You know, he's, he was looking at me. I didn't know how to start. I said, Pastor, um, the program, I, I, I had to say something. Not knowing the chesters are going to tell Pastor something. Some lies. Some lies. Oh, they said you are, st- you, you are calling yourself man of God. You are calling yourself prophet. What? Some lies. They said we're going to open website. Web- website. And that people should register. Some, some, some funny pastor closed down the meeting. And the funny thing was, you know, we were also going to have a pro- we were supposed to have a program just that same week. That we could have merged the program yeah. and made it big. That's how the program, Pasino's program didn't hold. And they now made us bring some Bukum boys for that program. They, that, they said that they was preaching. When I got to the, the hall, the way the place was Barry. Barry. <laughs> Barry. Daddy, when we left Pastor's office, I felt it. I felt it for Pastor no. I remember you were telling one staff, he said, you, have I stolen your money? Have I stolen your money? <laughs> you know, you know that day, they are told a lot of lies. So, I thought, oh, let me defend myself. Mm. So I was telling Pastor, I was showing Pastor all the proof that I've discussed this with you. We, we have an agreement on this. Little did I know that it was persecution. Mm. I just had to go through it. So I was trying to exp- So before I was like, what have I done? So I was trying to show. Please, the people were not even looking at my face. Okay, long and short of the matter is that I paid for the venue, my money's gone. The 2,000 people, we started telling as many as we can that it's not holding again. And we are two days away from the program. The 2,000 people, some came and didn't see any program. Oh, there's no program. And they went. I was in my house that day, I was crying. I was like, what? What's? What's? I'm just serving God. But those things, eh, they did something to me. Mm. I was more convinced. It's, it's very funny how persecution rather makes you stronger. People who have not been persecuted, they are so, they are, oh, they are so soft. 
Persecution. At the end of the day, after many years, pastor refers to these things and says, I shouldn't have listened to them. Mm. Not to cut you. I remember that same period, something happened. (laughs) 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 Let me join the party. (laughs) Thank you. We're going to greet pastor. I think the day after, you know, because, you know, you don't know what enters, goes into your program. You were fasting and praying, I think, yes. seven days. Yes. Think about it. You are fasting and praying two days to program, and it's canceled. So, Pastor didn't want to give up. He was still defending. So, you want to see Pastor, and Pastor thought, probably he's being stubborn. So, I remember, we were going to greet Pastor the next day. The three of us. As we were approaching Pastor, Pastor said, he pointed Pastor Enoch. <laughs> he, said, <laughs> he said, he didn't see me. He made you kneel down. They should talk to and, and, and everyone, of, everyone was there. He said they should talk to you. That you are being stubborn. I'm telling you. And I, there was, I, there was, I had not done anything wrong. So he called the dickies and dicknesses. They were dead. I, and I'm kneeling down. Stop, boy. So, so that one of the dickness said, we've, you see, that's the thing we've been telling you. You're going up and down. I'm just... Okay, long and short of it is... All those dickens and dignesses are free to them. And say, so, please, the most beautiful thing about it is that despite what we went through, we stayed in church. Yes. We stayed in church. We stayed in church. Some people face one or two things. You leave church. I'm leaving this church. I'm leaving this church. And sometimes such people, because they are bitter, they talk to other said, You know, Satan does not live alone. I mean, he, does, he didn't fall alone. He left with the squad. So you want to spread that bitterness. Yes. You locate some people. You must get people who agree, not you, but the person will have, the person needs people to agree with their dirty mind. Mm. And you, the person will find. And yes, because, you know, scout through the people, have you heard this, that, 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 eh? Me too. Then before you realize, they've carried people that God is raising to change other people's life away. Mm. I say the most beautiful thing is that we stayed in church regardless of what was happening. When you are misrepresented in church, don't leave. Listen, 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 and listen very well. Pastor, Pastor just said something. He said, many years after, Pastor said, I shouldn't have listened to them. And I didn't have to explain to Pastor. He just realized these people were lying because most of the people who lied are no longer in church. Yes. And, and you know what? The, 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 the last, I had forgotten this story. Last year, when I preached in LA, because most of the time, pastor is traveling, he tells me I should preach in his church. He's traveling, he says I should preach in his church. When I finished preaching in LA, one of the deacons sent me a long message. Thank you for blessing me. Thank you. And this deacons was part of the people who was telling me, listen, listen, God knows how to right the wrong. Mm. Mm. Listen to me. Listen to me. When Joseph came out of prison to Pharaoh, nobody remembered. 
the story of Potiphar's wife. Mm. God does not have to even defend you. He will release a grace that will cover the disgrace. Mm. So don't, never let offenses take you out of where God has planted you. Don't allow it. I've made up my mind many years ago that there is nothing anyone can do to me for me to leave church. You can't, you can't do anything. I've received slap before. Uh, I've shared it many times from a church staff. You know, oh, the program. She slapped, that, you. She slapped me. You know? <laughs> you know? Yes. What we did, we did not go through the right way. It was a program we had, so so one. We thought we should. But I was not part of that one. No, no, no. You know, but first I was not part. So I had seen too much. <laughs> Where to give? So Pastor said, "I want people, you guys, to go to national theater." So we thought, "Oh, let's go and tell Pastor that we've had program there. We've packed out crap." We went. We thought it was a victory report. <laughs> Pastor said, "You've done foolishly. The meeting is not recorded in heaven." Mm. For your pastor to say that. Were you so, there? You know, <laughs> when they were going to greet pastor, I didn't know that day. Pastor. I think uh, Bishop was there. Bishop was there. And, and you know, I was the chief because I, I hosted the program. So. That is you go. I didn't know what they had to do. Okay, he told Bishop that they should go and see Pastor. You, yes. you didn't know what they were talking about. So, when you see Pastor, say, let me just do it. <laughs> then, you know. when we got there, Pastor Ivan started talking. Then, in my mind, I was like, ah, I wish he didn't say this thing. <laughs> because the blast will really come. And Pastor, what that face is, you guys have done foolishly. <laughs> <laughs> the meeting is not recorded in here. When I went to see. Uh, they give us a pastor too. No, they, so in fact, as part of, they told us as part of when the yes, they said we shouldn't go to the teen church again. Where they are leaders, they they ban us from going to the teen church. That we shouldn't go near any teen church member again. So we are now to report to main church, and we're giving a staff a staff so to report. Uncle, so, that's the punishment, you know. So she took us to the back of the hall, a first meeting, a first meeting, <laughs> and here, brothers. <laughs> What did you go do now? <laughs> so, as a very calm brother, I raised my hand to talk. <laughs> you hiling. That was a knock. Uh, no, it was a knock. And it was before a slap. No, she, okay, she was about to give me a knock. She had a slap. You hiling. This is how I sat down. <laughs> Nobody spoke again. I was sitting down, very quiet. You know, the men of God, they were just waiting for us to finish so that the laugh, the laughing will start. I was just calm. The moment we step out, <laughs> you know. That slap was enough for me to leave church. I brought myself <laughs> to church. 
I can carry myself away. <laughs> you slapped me. Hey! It was enough for me to leave. But I never left. Mm. You know, before you continue, yes, sir. did you have reason to leave? Yes. Will God support you if you leave? No. Mm. Because if God is going to make you leave a place, he will give you a separate instruction from any circumstance. Mm. Mm. The wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. If it is reactive, God is not with you. Mm. Mm. And another thing too is, the only reason why pastor could take such a measure mm-hmm. on us was because he sees or he saw us as sons. Yes. That's the key thing. He will not do that to a first-timer. Not at all. Someone who just came to church, you tell me, oh, you know, first time I came, like, oh, I had a program after, oh, you did? Oh, God bless you. But then he saw us as sons. Yes. You see, when you see someone as a daughter, as a son, you can take a certain measure and you know that this one will understand. And always be happy when you are corrected in the house of God. Mm. Always be happy. Pastor Chris said it's one of the greatest blessings. He said not many have it. Always be excited when you are corrected by your pastor, by your fellowship leader, or even your cell leader. Don't raise your hands. Don't raise your hands. Pastor, let me, let me share this testimony. You know what Pastor Ivan just said? <clears throat> so true. When your pastor, Bible says the one that loves, laughs, he chastens it. I remember those times, there was a member I had, a lady, very powerful, mighty lady. And she started misbehaving. One day I was praying for her. The Holy Ghost said I should talk to her. I will call her. She won't pay. You know, that time to the you know, the fire. I used to have fire conference. <laughs> Anyhow, anyway, not the one you speak in tongues. The one I call you. On phone. <laughs> I called her, blasted her, and the lady took offense. What she was doing actually was going to lead her to many other times. People take offense. Offense. The lady took offense. Left church. Call her, she won't pick. And she started, funny enough, she started calling her members, you know, eh, I'm this, I'm that, talking plenty things. I didn't say anything. I mean, you can't offend me. I'm, I'm coming there. So, I left the matter. After some two years, she got mad. It started with um, high fever. Got mad. Mm. Then, God being so good. Somebody she was staying with, I know the person. I started now, I was like, the Holy Ghost orchestrated it. I was talking to the person when she said, oh, I should pray for this person, this lady. Then, funny enough, the, the, the love of God, I, I was so happy to do it. In fact, by this time, you know, the mothers could go, come, go, come. So, I told her, give, her the, give the phone to her. When she, she gave the phone to her, she said, Bishop, all that I did to you, please, I want to say I'm sorry. I was so touched. Then I told her, I, of course, I, ministered, I didn't even see her, I ministered to her on phone. Today, she's free. Praise God. But you know, it didn't have to get to that level. Praise God. So very powerful. When you are of, you know, corrected in church, take it because it is as a result of the love your pastor has for you. Because let, like let Pastor Enoch said, who will not correct the first timer. Mm. You will not do it. Someone who has been to church first time or twice, even a month, sometimes you can't correct such a person. You find it difficult to correct such a person. But if you've been with the pastor for many years and he's correcting you, 
One time, ITPLC, Pastor Giola said something. She said those times, when Pastor corrected it, corrected, she said she thought why. Even she does it right, Pastor Chris will correct it. She said the one time Pastor Chris said, anytime she, he corrects her and she doesn't take it, she, she loses the grace that comes to make her better. Because the correction comes with grace. It comes with grace to put you on track for what God has called you to do. But when you forsake it, and sometimes you try listening to many people, let me say this. When you are going through a challenge in the house of God, don't look for a member to talk to. Look, go to your pastor. Either go to your fellowship leader or go to your pastor. Let's say, let's say you're having the issue with your pastor, all right? And the pastor's probably angry with you. He's your pastor, go. Yes, sir. He's, you see that they are telling me? They were, they were going to greet pastor. And I was going to explain my matter. <laughs> pastor said he's not seeing me. I took a seed. He said, I will not collect the seed. Hmm. I, I should be offended. Yes, sir. See, just, just, just last year, when we were having a camp at uh, Labadi Beach Hotel, you know, so, some, something happened, you know. Um, but I actually came. Yeah. Okay, I, I came. I didn't bring my staff. Yeah. Came. Yeah. So I decided to go back home and then pick the... But when I go home, the whole day, you know, I was, so I was tired. I said, let me rest more before I go. So I dozed off. The next day, when I woke up, I saw a message. Where are you? From pastor. From pastor. But, but then I changed my phone. So pastor's number did not... So... In my mind, when I saw it, I said, ah, who is this? Can, can, you send, can you send me a message and say, where are you? So, you know, I, I did not reply. So, I got to the campground, that was the Lombardi Beach, and I said, ah, okay, that was Bishop. I said, ah, you know, see you. I said, ah, someone just sent me a message, where are you? So, Bishop looked at it. He said, wait, wait. It's pastor. I said, eh? I quickly saved the number. I replied. A few minutes later, pastor walked in. Then I think he asked of me. I went. I knelt down. Steam group pastor was there. And then, Evans. <laughs> there is a thin line between pride and humility. Very thin. <laughs> you know, very, very thin. Said, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Don't let pride mislead you. Do you play with him? Do you go to him to play with him? I said, Of oh, frequent. Be going to his place and be playing. Talk to him. Hmm? I said, Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And I was wondering, What did I do? <laughs> now they say, I'm proud. But Amazingly, you see, have the right sister, the right brother. Okay. When I actually did that, I was wondering who went to report me. I was, I was furious. You know, who is that? But I wanted to, I wanted to cool the matter first. So someone just sent me a seed. I just rejoiced quickly. I went to Pastor. I knelt down. I said, I love you. Pastor, did you give you that seed? God bless you for you. Here it. Pointed his hand there. I should give it to his face. So I just gave it. So when we close, when we step out, I was, that day, I didn't really like what happened. That my mother went to pastor. Okay. But that's why I said, I have the right person 
the right brother, right sister. When we close, good pastor came home. That's one beautiful thing about the brotherhood. We are able to correct each other. He said something. He said, also, when him say, my tree is powerful. Forgive me. As in what I did wasn't wasn't good. It wasn't right. It wasn't right. Can your friend look into your eyes and tell you that what you are doing is wrong? Can can your sister or brother that you flock with can did when he said it, then he said something. He said, it means don't take offense. He said, I shouldn't take offense. And he put his hand, don't take offense. You just forget it. I said, yes, sir. What he said helped me. What he said helped me. When you are going through something, when something happens, when you talk to someone, what kind of counsel does the person give you? What kind of counsel does the person give you? Look at the counsel pastor gave me. It, it calmed me down. And I went to sit down calmly. That's how I let go of the issue. He's able to tell me that I was wrong. And let me add this. Even if you are right and you've been misrepresented and there's correction coming to you, mm. eh, don't discard everything. It might be, everything might be coming from a place of, you know you didn't do anything wrong, but as the person is correcting and talking to you, he's a man of God. He will yes. say something you will need in life. Yes. You know that time when we were, when the, the pastor made me kneel in front of the deacons and deaconesses? Yes. Everything we were saying was not correct. A pastor made a statement just as part of the things he was saying. Caught it. Mm. I won't tell you what it is. Yeah, I won't tell you, but it's a very important thing that has helped me in my ministry. Mm. He just told me something connected it to the man of God, Pastor Chris, and how the ministry started and something. So it was a very important key. He was mentioned as part of the things he was saying. So I could have discarded everything and said, they don't know that I'm right. No. The right spirit is, even though that is what has happened, mm. once a man of God is talking to you, the spirit of God will drop a thought for you. Yes. Yes. Don't be, don't always want to defend yourself. That's one thing I learned from those things. That mm. sometimes God will orchestrate it so that it will be like that. But who says that Jesus Christ, you know, he learned obedience through the things that he suffered. Yes. Persecution doesn't destroy you. Many a times the church increases after persecution. Yes. So you become greater after persecution. And you have not been persecuted before. Wait on it. You yes. can't pray it away. You can't pray it away. It mm. has to happen. Yes. It has to happen. You need it. it because it drives your roots deeper. deeper. If you read the scripture, it says, please, look at the word roots there. When you come to church, what God seeks to do is to plant you in order to drive your roots deeper in Christ. That's the first thing God wants to do. That's uh, Matthew. Matthew chapter 13. 
I think from verse 20. But he that received the seed into stony place, the same as he that hear the word, and I know Jah received it, verse 21. Yet had he not rooted Yet himself. Had he that means the reason for the trial and persecution was actually to give him roots. roots. Mm. You see, is mm. to give the person roots. True. So he said that you being rooted and grounded, God wants you to be rooted and grounded. Don't let the hear say what you've heard, what people are saying, take you out of church. Because those are the things that took some of Jesus' disciples from him. Yes. Because of what he said. Yes. Don't, they were, the Bible said they were offended by what he said. If you hear something and you need clarification, go to the right person. Sometimes you, are, you, you probably didn't get the whole story. So when you conclude, it will end up affecting you. So learn to hear from both sides. And someone with the wrong spirit will always mislead you. That's one thing you should be careful of. Because the Bible said the children of Israel, there were mixed multitude among them. Someone said something. He said, don't you know that everyone in the hospital does not respond to treatment? They are in the hospital, all right, but they are not responding to treatment. I mean, the fact that we don't even have padlock in front of the church alone should let you know that. that, uh-huh. that <laughs> it was the fact, you, you walked in, did anyone stop you? Nobody stopped you. So there's another person who has walked in. So you have to be very careful when you come to church. So you don't, you don't, get, you don't come to church and just pick a girl and pick a boy and say we are dating. You don't know the sickness that brought them to church. Yeah, yes, sir. I say sometimes when they come to see the pastor and you tell them that, hold on, I'll get back to you, then they take offense. Yes. They start doing it behind you. And then the two of them think that, all right, okay, what's really stopping us from being together is the pastor, right? Let's leave the church. Yes. yes. And, and, and they walk away. Mm. Yeah. Some, some hold ons can save your life. And that's, for me, I like to uh, advise the young ladies a lot that, you know, it's, it's the ladies that sometimes their emotions become uncontrollable. So don't commit until your pastor has said something. Don't go far. Before now, you go and say, now they have to now separate the two of you now. It's like, see, I miss twins that they need to, they need to separate. So in other words, don't, don't even start. Don't say we are talking. Don't say we don't are talk. talking. Don't, don't talk. Once you see that, the, you see, once you see that the, the talking is leaving rhapsody, Eh? Yeah. Once they're talking, living rhapsody, living fellowship into something else. A, a guy, a guy told, a guy told one of my leaders that why is it that always your pastor is restricting you to do this, to do that, to do this? So I said, so what did you tell him? He said, Pastor, I said it's red card for me. That alone is red card. I said, uh huh, you've done well. Follow me. I said, that is it. Any guy that is telling you that your pastor is restricting you too much and you want to follow him. Uh, you didn't hear laying of hands. Because you can't follow such a guy. Uh, a, a guy who's telling you that your pastor is restricting too much. You get into marriage, he misbehaves, nobody can correct him. Nobody can correct him. You see, this, this, these are matters of the hearts. Very important. 
so that we'll, you see, we'll not, we'll not be sharing the word. We'll be shouting, yeah, hey, glory, yeah, hey, glory, glory. I take over. I, I dominate. I rule. <laughs> I rule. I shine. My bank account multiply. Money is coming. After, after, after some months, you are calling you. You are not picking. Offended. Some even go to the extent of blocking their leaders, including their pastor. How did you get there? Where did you pass? Who is leading you? Who is talking to you? You are not doing the pastor. God only sent the pastor to be a blessing to you. That's it. That's it. These are those that receive the word with joy. joy. You see, they came to church, they were happy. They received the word with joy. But then, because tribulation and persecution arise because of the word. Let's understand that these things did not come in isolation. They came because of the word you received. And he says, by and by, they are offended. They are offended. They are offended. Tribulation and persecution. I like what Bishop said that, you know, they don't focus on that. Mm. Yes, sir. Because now somebody will be thinking, hey, tribulation, hey, Christian, tribulation <laughs> and persecution. Hey. No. You don't focus on the tribulation and persecution. Your focus is that God is with you. Mm. And that this is for your good. Yes. And that you're going to come out victorious out of any trial. You see? That's, that's the focus you should have. So, you know, everything I have been through, I've come out. Mm. And I, come, I always came out better. Yes. I learned I learned something. Yes, sir. I became something. You see, I, I became more loving. Then I became more humble. More humble. I said, please let me just add this. Uh, don't have grudges in church. It's for children. Not in the house of God. Don't do it. I remember saying, I don't know what if you remember. One time, <laughs> this is very wonderful. Say, it was between the two of us. <laughs> um, not that we were not talking, it was tension. Uh, very heavy one, you know. Something, something happened, so one way or the other, we see ourselves all right, but everybody passed. But we're very good friends. <laughs> but because of these things, see each other we pass. Then one day we entered service. We're sitting in front like this with the pastors. He, I was sitting here. He was sitting there. Then Pastor Lisa came. Turn to your neighbor. <laughs> Turn to your neighbor and say, great to see you. Ah! Holy Spirit. I'm sitting there. Let me tell you something. This is not too high, Pastor. Pastor has a very soft heart. Me, okay, now I've changed. <laughs> now I've changed. First, eh, like Auntie Sunu, I have the PhD in it. So, me, those things, if you say you're not talking to me, oh, it doesn't move me. I even like it. But, Pastor, when he said it, I was trying to look here. He looked at my direction. He said, great to see you. I said, oh, great to see you too. After service, Pastor Lisa, when we finished, she agrees everything. Pastor Lisa said, hug. 
That's how we had. Then amazingly, another beautiful thing about pastor is he always wants to solve the issue. Me, let's leave it and go away. <laughs> that was then, not now. Uh, on two occasions, say. On two occasions, you did it. Yes. So, we went, we stepped out. Then he explained his side. Then I said, oh, okay, okay. Then that's how we started laughing and then talking. And everything went back smoothly. Don't carry your own. And when you see the person, you pay me your fees. You found very hard, like a quelle. You know? <laughs> For if you are forgive me. No, we know we are all Zion. Right? We are all from Zion. Pastor so, Evans, let yes, me tell you what actually happened. What actually happened. I want to ascribe it to the Holy Spirit. And because while I was sitting down, the Holy Spirit was telling me, talk to him. Mm. I was asking, I was asking the Holy Spirit, the two of us, why don't you tell him to rather talk to me? He said, talk to him. I bowed my head a bit. I said, Holy Spirit, are you sure? Talk to him. So hard. Mm. Because I felt he offended me. I also felt he offended me. <laughs> <laughs> then I, I looked at him and I spoke to him. When I was so heavy, when I did, when I spoke to him, I became light. I know I just obeyed the Holy Spirit. You see, these are small, small things you are saying, eh? but they are so heavy in the spirit. Yes, sir. The little foxes destroy the vine. They are so heavy in the spirit. So at this point, because of what you just said, turn to your neighbor and say, great to see you. Praise God. Please, I want to share a story, all right? Pastor don't make, Pastor don't made a statement about bitterness and stuff. This is a real story. I went to visit her one time and she was telling me what happened to her some time ago. She said she got so sick. So sick. She was, in fact, she fell into coma for a week. And she said one of the days she saw that she had left her body. And as a Christian, she thought she was going to go to her. She saw a light above her, but she was going down. And yeah. she was wondering what happened. She, she said she was going down, like it was getting darker. She was darker. going to hell. Going to hell. This is a Christian, a leader in church, Dickness. A Dickness. So she said all she saw was an angel brought her back to her body. Then before she could enter her body, she said the angel told her, you were going to hell because of bitterness. Then she said she remembered that. She had a small grudge with her cousin. And that was, she said it was three days to uh, when she got sick. And she told me, I was like, wow. So, you mean small grudge can take someone to hell? Yeah. That, that tells us that this issue of offense is, is that serious. It is a serious thing. You know, Pasenov said, it, it is the small, small things, the little things. The Bible says that small, small, the little things destroy the whole vine. Yeah. Praise God. So please, never find yourself offended. By the grace of God, for me, I think it's a gift. You can't offend Bishop, you can't offend Bishop. Oh, forget. <laughs> As a matter of fact, the more you, you the more you do anything to me, the more I love you. And I realized that it has helped me a lot. You know, because when you take offense, all right, if somebody offends you and you take it, it's as though you are drinking poison and seeing the person should die. It's a harm to you, not to the person. Praise God. I want to give you a last scripture. Yeah. Psalm 119, verse 165. Yeah. 
Psalm 119 verse 165. The Bible says, Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend him. So let this be your confession. Nothing shall offend me. Say no, it again. I listen nothing. and say it. Nothing shall offend me. Nothing shall offend me. Say nothing shall offend me. Nothing shall offend me. I, Pastor Enoch. Nothing shall offend me. I, Pastor Enoch. I cannot be offended. I'm full of love. I'm full of the love of God. And nothing can offend me. Oh, hallelujah. So, dealing with unproductivity, this is point number two. Pastor, do you have anything to say? We've talked about tribulation, we've talked about persecution. Pastor, thank you for the opportunity. I think when we were all talking, I was just smiling. I was very happy because those days, um, we gather together and pray. I think what kept us to really stay in church was the bond of praying together always. That which says that which you have received of the Holy Ghost. He says that which you have received. He says keep it by the Holy Ghost. So the reason why we were not able to leave church was because, in fact, every meeting you see us there, when it's even um, cleaning a toilet, you even see us in the meeting. Every meeting you see us there. We never miss meetings. And in prayer meetings, so all of us will gather together and pray. So what I think we should do is that let's get the right prayer partners. Because people that pray together will always stick together. And people that also gossip together will also split. <laughs> they will split. So all the time we will spend quality time praying together, spending the whole night praying together. If you can pray like this together, no offense, I think, can take you out of God's word. Yes. And when you said in John chapter 1 from verse 1, Pastor, you are talking about the word. Yes. That the devil comes to steal. Is the word. Is the word. Pastor, the word in itself is a person. Yeah. So devil all the time go for that person. Yes. Which is the word. So what we should do now is let's focus more on meditating the word of God. Yes. David said, Thy word have I hid in my heart. That I may not sin against thee. That I may not sin against thee. You can put offend you or something. But thy word have I hid in my heart. So if the word of God is in you richly, yes. Colossians, if the word of God dwells in you richly, I don't think no offense can really push you out of God's word. Thank you, Pastor. That's the scripture Bishop said. Great peace have they, have they that love thy word, that, that love, love thy law, love thy word. Great peace are they. You know, when you, have, when you have the word of God in you, you have a great peace. Nobody can offend you. He said, nothing shall offend them. Praise the Lord. Have you learned something? Yeah. Was it helpful? Yeah. You see, this is Jesus. Jesus is diagnosing the matter. The first one, he said, they did not have understanding. Second one, he said, their roots did not go deep. He said, because when tribulation and persecution ariseth, you know, sometimes people ask, how do you deal with your, your parents persecuting you, and, you know, from coming to church and all that? Number one, expect it. Number two, one person must win, and that is you. You will use everything you know to win. I, I, I gave you your 
the points you're going to use to win. Number one is what? Prayer. Yeah. Number two, love. When your parents are persecuting you, don't hate them. They don't hate you. They think they are doing their best for you. They are telling you not to come to church, but that's, that's not what they mean. So what are you going to do? You're going to love them the more. You're going to be more hardworking in the house. But you're a lady or you're a guy. You don't cook. You don't clean. But you're always going to church. You don't wash bowls. Holy Spirit bears me witness. When, Bishop, when you come and visit me, sometimes, those times, I'm washing bowls when they come and visit me. Plenty times. They will come visit me and wash bowls. We have to go on evangelism, but my mother will make me finish washing the bowl before we go on any evangelism. Well, if you don't wash it, you go and come back and come and meet it. At midnight, you wash it. You see, so you use prayer, you use love, and you use wisdom. Those are the three things you use to handle persecution. Prayer, love, and wisdom. Wisdom, so you could see that when persecution heightened on me last year, I pulled off social media. Why? Wisdom. There were times Jesus had to escape. Bible says, those who through faith wrought uh, uh, righteousness, subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, escaped the violence of fire. Sometimes faith is escaping. Sometimes escape. The killing for the gospel is nice, but who continue what you are doing? It's nice. But sometimes wisdom. Except God tells you it's in your calling that you die for the Lord, which is also fine. So wisdom, sometimes you escape. Escape how? Now you've seen that maybe your parents are persecuting you from coming to church. You're going to be more hardworking in the house. More loving in the house. You're going to surprise them. I told the teens to do something. I told the teenagers to do something when they go home. The testimonies are coming out of it. You know, I told them, I said, when you go, go and hold your mother's leg. And take and say, Mommy, thank you for taking care of me since I was a child. Some were getting money. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not exaggerating. They've told you. Do you know what is going on? Someone who wants to say something. There was a girl whose parents. Thank you, Pastor, for the opportunity. Pastor, please, there was a girl whose parents, um, like, they didn't want her to come to church. They were really against the church. When she went home and she did it, it's like everything has opened. Now, the, the father said he will even be driving her to church. Any program, anything you want to do. But you want to do, I cast you out. You want to, you cast who out? <laughs> you cast your father out. Who hold this leg? One of the true signs that you've met the Holy Spirit is submission. And say, one of the signs that you're also growing is submission. True. You know what? When we're children, we thought it's our, it's our parents' duty to take care of us. When we grew up and we saw how adult life is, you now look at them like, so you were sacrificing this much for me? When people grow, they value their parents more. 
So you see, that's that simple thing I told the teens to go and do. No prayer. I didn't say when you go home, pray and cast out devils from your parents. I said when you go, go and hold their leg and cry. Some said their parents started praying for them. Some said they, there were three people. I said, what, what did your mom do for you? He said, so my mom prayed for me more than 30 minutes. The second person, he said, my dad began to pray for me. The third person said, my mom gave me food. <laughs> Jesse, did you do it? Did you do it? See, it will always yield results. Wisdom. Sometimes internal persecution, wisdom. External persecution, wisdom. Withdraw a bit. External persecution, withdraw a bit. God is so amazing. I, the way God loves me, eh? about four months into my social media persecution, God told me, delete your Twitter. I didn't know what was coming. Delete your Twitter. That's what I delete my Twitter. I'm preaching the gospel there. God said, delete your Twitter. Well, long and short of it, I deleted it. Four months later, I woke up in the morning, fire everywhere. (laughs) Fire everywhere. It was about COVID. Fire. And God knows us. God knows me. If I was on Twitter, that they would all fire ourselves. <laughs> and if I do it, it will escalate more. If they start, they say, see, he doesn't know anything, so you two, you don't know anything. Uh, me, I would have replied them. I don't know why you, why are you talking to me. Do I know you? <laughs> you know, but God told, God knowing that I will do that, told me, leave Twitter. See, so sometimes wisdom, we are dealing with persecution. Prayer, Love and wisdom. Who has a question? I'll take two questions. Testimony. Testimony, okay. I'll listen to the testimony too. I think I'd like to listen to the testimony too. Thank you, sir, for the opportunity. I would like to thank my online fellowship pastor, Pastor Vikani, for the opportunity to be part of this. Pastor Sir, my question is on the internal persecution. This is a case where, as a member, you feel a vacuum to be fathered by either your leader or your pastor. At the moment when you think you need to be fathered, you don't feel that love. Even when you, you think you are wrong somewhere, as a, as, a, as a father, you expect to be called, you expect even to be rebuked, but there's nothing like that from. Okay, you get this question. Okay, it's like, you, you really wish you were close to your pastor so that he could father you or Not correct Not close, you. but yes, sir, to be fathered. But you, everything shows that. On his list, you are not part of the songs. There's I like your question. I like your question. I like your question. How many of you have ever felt like that? Are you seeing? I love this. Who would like to ask? Praise the Lord. Okay, so I'll use my own recent occurring to answer you. When I went for IPPC, um, 
during the LFME, I met Pastor. As in he was approaching and I was also approaching. So I met him. And for the first time, Pastor, when Pastor saw me, he used the tree where he said, Osofo, you don't be looking for me. Why? You don't be looking for me. Then he left. When he left, the Holy Ghost ministered to me that, mm, wisdom, take wisdom. So the, the issue is, for example, look at Pastor, you know, how many, how, <laughs> how will he father everybody in quotes, befriend everybody? It's not his job. You understand? It's not a pastor's job to um, get close to you. It is your job to get close to him. And in fact, the Bible says the Valentine 20 is by You should even do it with passion, with all seriousness. Be, do everything to be his friend. Fight your way there. That is the way. And let me tell you how to fight your way there. <laughs> Number one. Results. Let me tell you why. I cannot be everybody's friend. Friendship is developed on mutual interest. I'm doing something. You are you care about it. We'll be friends. There's no way. Oh guys, my friend. Why? If I want to do something, Olga, quick. I will text you. At that time. Oh no, 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 I'll text you. Why? Mutual interest. I won't have time to have just a normal, a, a, a normal conversation. How many hours do I have in a day? Do you understand? So, mutual interest. You see that I'm doing something, you have to care about it. We will find a point of convergence. That's number one. Number two, you see, there are ways, I mean, like for example, is it, okay, the question is, is it important for a pastor to know you? Yes. The, 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 the power of God flows through the grace of God. Okay? Flows through the grace of God. So, even though God has sent him, he has something to do with it. So, where his heart is, usually it passes there. So, there's some people they think, I'll come to church, nobody will know me, nobody will see me. It's not godly. You have to be known and seen. Do, start doing things that you'll be noticed. It's not, it's not a, a kind of thing. Start doing things that you'll be noticed. That's number one. Number two, I'm talking about the results. Number two, you see, you, you have to fight your way there. All right, for example, see that you have come to ask this question. I will not forget your face. You understand? It applies everywhere. That's number one. Number two, there are some people, and Pastor talks about it a lot. There are some people, you know, they will come to me after every service. They are CDs, five CDO, but they are coming every time. I don't forget them. You see, it's an effort. They are getting closer to their pastor. You see, they're getting closer to their pastor. So they are making an effort to go there. See, so make the effort as well. The third one is, you see, put it in your mind that you will relate with things spiritually. Even though sometimes a very close relationship is good, sometimes you don't even need it. Sometimes the closer you get, the more dangerous it becomes for you. So, take his messages serious. They will answer. Let me tell you. So, if you wanted to come and see me, when they listen to what I preach, I answer them without they coming to me. How many of you have noticed it? They wanted to ask a question. They listen to my message. They got the answer. So, they didn't have to necessarily become close. You see. So, you also 
take like um, uh, like the word of God is God, right? His words are Him. So if you can relate with it like that, you see that it's the same thing. We're doing the same thing. You come to church, that's my father, that's my pastor. You sit there, you are listening, you are listening. Let me tell you something. I came to church in 2008. The first time I entered pastor's office was 2020. I came to church. I came to church 2009. The first time Pastor called me was last year, December. First time Pastor called him on phone. On phone. Last, last year, December. How many years? From 2009. How many? 13 years. Right? Okay. 13. 13. Okay. 13 years that Pastor called me. So, what Pastor is he? Very important. The first time I said I entered his office was 2020. But he's my father to the core. When you listen to me, you listen to him, you will know that I'm from him. There's no two ways about it. That means I'm, I was doing the right things, listening to his words. When he gives instructions, I move at them. That is, Jesus Christ said, who is my, who is my, my mother? Who is my brother? He said, the one who do my will. That's my brother. So who is pastor's son? Not the one who is necessarily cleaning his shoe. Because if I can be cleaning his shoe and he has a covetous heart. He can be cleaning his shoe and he have a covetous heart. The one who listens to what he says, does what he says. In fact, I do have a kindred spirit. In fact, when you are close to me and you don't do what I say, I, don't, I, I, I look at you suspiciously. Yeah, you're a suspect. Because some people come, Pastor, you are my father. You are my... There's nothing you have not done for me when your message is up in my life. And the next day, you tell them, we are doing this at this time. They don't show up. They are not. They are not sons. You say, sonship is a kindred spirit. It's a kindred spirit. It's a spiritual thing. It's a kindred spirit. You are in a hurry to do something that he says. All right? So, make the effort. Alright? And small, small things. Sometimes you go and see him. He will tell you, there are people who have come to see me. Oh, Pastor, I wanted to change my job. And I said, okay, do this, do that. And that was all they needed for the next five years. You get it? Somebody came to see me that he wanted to marry. The moment they came in front of me, I said, hold on. Hold on. I didn't attend to the matter for a very long time. By the time I was getting back to the matter, he just realized that the guy was cheating. What if I saw and I said, oh, wow, you want to marry? Okay, start. No, but as a man of God, I said, hold on. That waiting time exposed the issue. So trust that God gave you your pastor and that his counsel work in your life. Trust it. And don't come, don't come, especially when you want counsel, don't come with your date. Oh, Pastor, I'm planning to go to, and do this thing by 14 December. What will I tell you? I said, go. What should I tell you not to go? No. You say you are 14, you already have a date. Go. Should help you to make the decision. I can now make an input. Have we answered your question? So every other person who lifted your hand, answer the question. All right. Was it helpful? Praise God. Okay, your testimony. 
Okay. Yes, Thank you very much for the opportunity. So last year, Leadership Academy, I remember asking a question because I don't live with both my parents, but I was receiving persecution from my dad because he knew I was in Christ Embassy, but um, when he heard about the COVID, he, yeah, he also flaunted that. And okay, so you, I asked you a question. I asked you that how can he trust me with more responsibilities and how like would he reduce the persecution if he's seeing that I am also contributing to the family. So the, you said that the first thing I should do is to make sure to always get him a gift, even if I don't have much at that time. So I started, even if it's Father's Day, I, have, I get a gift. Birthday, I get a gift. Independence Day, I get a gift. Whatever. Whatever Unless day. Holiday, whatever. Boyfriend's holiday, Day, get him a gift. I'll get every, I was always getting my gift. And he told me something. He has a lot of kids that he takes care of, about 25. He told me something that he never, ever thought that if someone in the family would always consider him to do something or bring him a gift, it would come from me. And I realized that it was only by your wisdom that you had given to me. Another thing I started doing was buying water to the house and paying for the gas in the house. I mean, it was the same money they were giving me for allowance, but I would still take some out. And I realized I was being added to every family meeting. Like they wanted my opinion before they would do something. When there's prayers, they would say, where's Angela? She's coming and start a prayer. And I realized it's all because I listened to that simple instruction gift him. Thank you, sir, for the opportunity. Listen, what she said, no? This is what I discovered. Thank you. This is what I discovered. Your parents don't dislike you. They don't dislike you going to church. Let me tell you what the issue is. You know, your mother is your mother. She remembers when you were batting outside. She's not been able to release you from that thing. She's not been able to release you from you, she, you uh, drinking breast milk. She's not released you in her mind. As, to, as far as she's concerned, you are still the child. When you start taking responsibility, they start trusting your decisions. Before, they don't trust your decision. They made decision for you which school to go to. They made decision for you what to eat. So they are used to making decisions for you. The moment you start making some input in the house, now they say, mm, okay, she can take care of this and that. Then they start trusting your decisions in the house now. So when you now say that I'm going to this church, it's one of the decisions you make. Your mom and your dad are people like you. They respond to love. They respond to affection. Sometimes African fathers behave like it doesn't get to them. Forget it. They are crying back door. <laughs> Daddy, thank you. What is that? What is that? But when he goes back there, his heart. My daughter. You want to say something? Okay. Concerning the African fathers thing you just spoke about. So my dad is the type that he doesn't... When I was younger, we had that thing. I could play with him. But growing up, it became some way. I think he felt like me need tea, some things. So I wasn't really living with him at some point. Now we are together. And anytime I go to visit him, I'll hug him. At first, he wouldn't open up his arms. He's like this. It's one out of the Yeah, the one it on him. But I kept doing that. Anytime I go to visit him, I see him, I do that. It got to a point I realized that when he sees me, he's the one who opened up his hands. He's waiting for me to come and fall in it. He's now waiting to go, oh, me banini. <laughs> Those kind of things. And he's expecting you to come and, like, he's ready. Come and do it. Yeah. So no, no, the, for the African father syndrome, break it. You can break it. I'm telling you, you can break it. It's in the beginning, it will look some way. But one time I saw 
one video. Three girls. The man has, has, has three girls. He's driving them. Hmm? Then the three of them were doing a video. Ah, daddy! He's not laughing. He's not smiling. <laughs> Just there. We love our daddy so much that he says something to the camera. Focus, focus, focus. Let's go. That's what the man said. Quiet. Eh? With all that thing that he's doing, straight face. I'm telling you, inside him, eh? Sometimes, because of men, the way logical men are, they are interpreting, these girls should know I love them. You know why? You know why? He's thinking like that. He takes care of you. He gives you money. That's what is enough to let you know that I love you. Actually, and, and you see the way he's saying actually, men understand it like that. Ladies understand, if you love me, hug me, show me, tell me. You understand? They, they, they understand it that way. So if your father came home and hugged them, oh daddy, that is mushy mushy, you know. That's what they would expect. But the man is thinking, no, you don't need this. What's your school fees? Bring it, I paid. I've finished. That's my love for you. So if you want to strike that other side in him, introduce him to it, he might feel like, I don't need it. I don't need it. He, would, he, would, he would realize that, oh, I'm actually, actually a very soft man. Yeah, introduce it. Break it. My junior brother broke it for my dad. Eh? But I, I, did not, I did not really break it. How did I break it? For me, last time, and we all last time, and we all left. <laughs> Why? Because I left the home earlier to stay on my own earlier. So I didn't really need too many things. By level 100, I was paying my own fees. So I left home. So I, there was no need for striking all those things. So I left. But he, when he was in medical school, I think my dad was still paying his fees to a point. So sometimes when he wants to get my dad to do it, he sent me a very long emotional message. <laughs> daddy, you are the best daddy in the world. I love you. And you know in Christmas, I love you. We say it all the time. So he said, I love you. So one day my dad was with me. He said, your brother is a fraud. <laughs> so he showed me the message. He said, every time when he wants to collect money from me, tell me last <laughs> And you know, guess what? My dad will say that he knows that he's fraud, but he'll still give me the money out of that thing. You get it. Yes, very important. So that's the wisdom part of persecution, knowing how to deal with persecution. 